Warning, the Catholic Man Show is about to begin. If you're looking for a dull, feel-good religion, or clap your hands, sit around the campfire kumbaya, you've come to the wrong place. We are dealing with toxic levels of authentic masculinity. I would say good luck, but luck is for pagans. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam Inhan here, sitting in studio with David Niles, going old school. The last two episodes, we've been going a little old school. What did we do in the last one? Uh, we had, it was just you and just me. Just you and me, that's right. Yeah. And, and here we are again, just you and me. Going even more old school. No video. Sans video today. You know why? It doesn't work. We're not sure. Uh, update. We're getting, we're getting things updated. Updated. Yeah. Updates always crash things, it seems like. At least for us. Not always, but you know, for it's us. a risk. Yeah. <laughs> Should I update? No. No. <laughs> why would you do that? So. You're asking for it, bro. I know. We're about to go to Ireland. Super pumped about that. Yeah, man. Next week. This, wait, mm. is it this time next week? When this airs, this time next week, we will yeah. be in Ireland. That is awesome. That's gonna be crazy. I cannot. Oh man, I cannot wait. Yeah, you're just you get to go back. I know, but it hasn't hit me yet because you know when you're when you're not doing all the prep for the trip, uh huh. You don't. It, the momentum doesn't. Yeah, the first build. time you and Haley went, you had to like plan it all and do right. all the stuff. Right. Right. By the way, if you're listening, oh wait, no. If you're listening, we're already in Ireland. But one thing about Ireland is you want to bring your own pipe tobacco, or you're gonna pay okay. an arm and a leg for it over there i found that interesting when yeah. you told me that yeah so just FYI for those you who know may be people traveling. i mean they they tax it so they tax it coming in and they have to tax it going out so i guess they don't have their irish like there's no local irish tobacco uh peterson's pipe where you know is, right is the place that's kind of what made me surprised is that peterson pipes are from ireland mm-hmm. so if it's a place known for their pipes Right. You'd think that there would be some local tobacco to go along right. with it. Right. But uh, they, they import a lot of it from America. Right. I mean, we do grow a lot of tobacco. I mean, I mean that's one of the things. Cotton and tobacco made this country rich, you know. Tobacco. Tobacco. Yeah. I don't know how they say it over there. but Yeah. Um, so this evening, we are drinking uh, Whistle Pig Piggyback. It's 100% rye, aged six years. Mm-hmm. I have a cool story about this. Uh, whiskey a man gave this to me today which is always a treat well this is also a nice i mean whistle pig ain't uh you know it's a nice that's a nice i mean typically a little pricey yeah it's a it's a nice whiskey so um so manny marquez gave me this bottle okay manny is just a thank you manny he is a just a delightful man to talk to a a a good man uh, with a good heart uh, one that you could just sit and talk to over Dram anytime. He right. currently is working for Word on Fire, and he is shooting a bunch of videos here in Tulsa. Oh, he was here? Yes. He, yes. So he actually lives here. Okay. And is shooting some, uh, for a film 
they're doing our documentary series on faith and reason. And so when I found out, when we found out about this, he reached out to me and said, Hey, can I, can we talk about this uh, film project that I have for word on fire? And I was like, absolutely, let's do it. And so we connected and we helped each other basically get his shots that he needed and locations that he needed. Uh, and it was just a lot of fun to work with him because we were working with you know, Word on Fire and helping the di- you know the diocese is helping Word on Fire, which is always a cool thing. We also had local people here in Tulsa volunteer to be kind of actors and actresses and fill in roles and things like that. Very which cool. Is cool. Yeah. So uh, anyway, he I met with him today to kind of go over the things that uh, he was good doing, rehash everything and kind of see what, what what else we had left. And he brought me that as a thank you gift. What a guy. Yeah. So, Manny, to you, to your family, uh, he grew up here, grew, went to St. Peter, goes to St. Peter and Paul. Uh, his, his family goes to St. Peter and Paul. So, to Manny. To Manny. One of the Lord's team. The winning side. So, raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. So, Whistlepig is, and this is 100% rice, so I'm, ex- I'm and it's six we've years. Had, I think we've had at least two Whistlepigs on the show before. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but they were, yeah, they're known for their rye. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm expecting it to be spicy. I'm expecting it to have a, right. a burn. Yeah, uh, there. As I recall, the price of whistle pig can vary. It's like from forty dollars to f- like three or four hundred dollars. I mean, they have some that are way, way, way up there. And I, I wanted to buy one mm-hmm. so bad when I was at the liquor store. Y- you know, you're looking at a three hundred dollar bottle of 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 bourbon, and and you think, what's that taste like? I know. You know. <laughs> Uh, Will so it, do you think they'd give me some? You know, you should try. You should ask. At least they're going to. What say are they going to do? Say no. Right. Uh, so this and is. They might say, "Get out." They could say that. You know, that's a dumb question. This is interesting. Forty-eight point two eight percent ABV. Point two eight. Forty-eight. You know what? I respect the specificity of it. Yeah. So, uh, have you tried it yet? No. Real like nice, uh, warm, mellow tones though on the nose. It doesn't smell like what I expected. Caramel, vanilla, a rye to you know rye. It's edgy. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah. So the ending is where it really kicks. Okay. The palate is nice. It's very pleasurable. It's like, hey, nice to meet you. And then it kind of parties in the. It's a mullet of a of a bourbon. Business in front, party in the back. Wow, a lot of cinnamon at the end. Yeah, that has uh, like a lot of Christmas to it. I think. I could see that. Yeah, kind of like it's got that spicy cinnamon, mm-hmm. uh, but it is. It's got that warm. You can kind of tell now that I taste it. It's like that's what I was smelling on the nose. It's kind of got a warm, uh, you know. Cinnamon, oh, vanilla. Yeah, warm cinnamon, vanilla on the on the nose. That is excellent. Yeah, I really like it. 100% right. In fact, yeah, it, it could be one of my favorite ryes just off of that first sip. I'll tell you. Because yeah. I'm not, like, I like rye. I don't love rye. You know, I, I'm not a big yeah, you know, uh, it's like, rye that, bourbon. That'd be hitting different right there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, I'm, I'm more of a weeded bourbon guy. Weeded. Weeded whiskey guy. But... I really like this rye. That is nice. Yeah. If Jim were here, I'm pretty sure he would say that's yummy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we don't know how much it costs. It could be. I it have it no could idea. be kind of expensive. Who knows? But I will tell you, this is only it's only six years old. Right. Only six years. 
if you see this and you're a rye drinker, but you know what? I actually am not really a rye drinker. I'm happy to drink a rye. You know, if that's mm-hmm. if someone says, "Hey, would you like some rye?" I'm not going to say no. Right. Um, but I don't really consider myself a rye drinker. Mm-hmm. That I would drink. You are currently. I'm currently. You're right. There you go. I knew it. I told you. <laughs> I, I knew I, I told you that. I would drink that. <laughs> Here I am. Hey. So what else? What do, what do we do this weekend? Oh, you know what we Let, did this the the wiffle ball tournament. Yes, the annual Catholic it was so good. wiffle ball. Tournament. We only won one game this year, but we made it to the semis last year. Is that right? Yeah, we made it to the semis last year. Yeah, I submitted a formal complaint that the last two years we our two losses had been to the two best teams, and the the bracket manager said, "Didn't you make it to the semifinals last year?" And I was like, "Well, I guess we did." So, oh. Uh, I guess uh, you know I don't really have much to complain about if we were in the semifinals last right. year, you know, like. But we got out, we got out early this year. We we played three total games, but you know we did we didn't get out as early as we could have, right? Because we could, so we lost the first one, won the second, lost the third. The first game, both the first and third game, the teams that we lost to made it to the championship right. and they played were each other. Che- the two teams in playing for the win, yeah. and let me tell you, we were behind in the second game. It looked it looked grim. And in the two games we lost, it wasn't close. No. Not but it looked really. like uh, the Brakes were beating the boys. You know what I mean? It, we were we were on the struggle bus. Yeah, so in that second game, we all went into it expecting to win, you know, because now we're in the loser's bracket. We'd seen our te- the team, we'd seen them play, and we felt like, you know what, this is a team we can beat. We had an athletic team, I felt like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say... We did. You know, up there, honestly, I felt like the teams that beat us it wasn't because they were more athletic than us. No. It was because they were better at baseball than us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Which is not the same, you right. know. But tell just just tell what happened in the second game. Three innings, five run five run limit. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you get five if you score five points, you know, uh your half of the inning is over. Yeah, was it the second inning that we were uh about to lose, basically? Yeah, so uh, we are down five, no, six to one. Six to one, at the five very, runs. At the yeah. very end of the second inning. And so if they score one more time, they'll be up by six points, which means the game's over because you can only score five. You can actually, you can score more than five points in one inning. But if the other team knows, oh, we're up by six, all we have to do is walk every batter until five runs are scored, the mm-hmm. inning will be over, right. right? So if you've scored four points and then that you hit a grand slam, you get all eight points, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. But if you're pitching, you're just not going to let that happen. You're just right. going to start walking everybody. Right. So we're down by five mm-hmm. at the end of the second inning. Mm-hmm. You're pitching. Mm-hmm. They've got a guy on third. Yeah, they got they got a... a, a, a Actually, bases. They, they, one out. Bases are loaded. Bases are loaded, and there's three balls. Yes. So you, if and I, you're pitching, and I'm pitching, so if I throw another ball, uh, it is over. Game is over. Right. And I went into beast mode. I just I blacked out. Did. I had no doubt, Adam. When when you when you were like about to throw those uh, those two pitches, I said, "He's got this, this. guy. Better swing because they're going to be strikes." There, and I did. I. Struck hum- him out. Hummed those things right down the pike. We're going to finish. The, the story gets really good. We're going to finish it on the other side of the break. This right. is the Catholic Man Show with Adam Minahan and David Niles. We'll be right back.
For the last 35 years, Select International Tours has been in the business of helping people plan and enjoy their pilgrim trips. That's why here at the Catholic Command Show, we only use Select International Tours. Go to selectinternationaltours.com slash Show and sign up for our email list so you know when we will be taking our next pilgrimage. We're already going to Ireland. We're planning our next trip right now. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be a trip of a lifetime. Go to selectinternationaltours.com slash Show. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles, here with Adam Minahan, and that's it. There is nobody else here. Well, except my, for the Holy Spirit. And my whole family. Well, I mean... In, in this room. You're or, right. Yeah, we're in this house. As always, we're at your house. Right. So your family's here, but... Yes. Typically, we don't count them when we're talking about who's here, Adam. Okay. You're right. So, hot take from David Niles. Ooh. Wiffle ball is better than softball. To play or to watch? Both. I just think the game of with of wiffle ball is a better game. Uh, it's more fun to definitely more fun to play. Uh, I think I think it's just I think it's just it's better. I know that there's a lot of softball players out there who are going to say maybe take offense to that because they might say wiffle ball is a kids game. Okay, I get it. And maybe you've played wiffle ball and you and say no, I've done both. I th- I disagree. That's okay. I, I still think softball, fun game to play, mm-hmm. but I prefer wiffle. I'm a wiffle man. You know what okay. I'm saying? So anyway, here we are, second inning, one out, three balls, bases are loaded. If one, if the player on third advances to home, for us, the tournament's over. We've Because yeah. we lost our first game. This is our second game, so it's double elimination. Everything is on the line. Mm-hmm. Our dignity, our sons are there, okay? They're watching us. Mm-hmm. At the end of the first inning, I think your son actually said, Dad, why didn't you pitch better? Right. <laughs> I think he actually said something like that to you. <laughs> he said something like, why did you swing at that pitch? Be- or why something, you- right. It he was- said, why did you swing at that pitch? Or Yeah, it was like, ouch. I was like, okay. It's like, okay. it's like look. Sorry, son, I didn't mean to disappoint Adam's, you. Adam's mental state needs a break right now, okay? <laughs> so, all right, Godson, you know. But anyway, you're stepping up. You throw two strikes. Strike out the second, you know, strike out. We now with two outs. Mm-hmm. Still bases are loaded. Few pitches. Batter hits one deep. Okay, mm-hmm. and it this particular day was a day of home runs on Little L Field in the in the Hanish backyard. You should go check out the pictures I I took on our Instagram account. If you look at Instagram, you can see how legit you, it is. It yeah. is a le- it's it's the most legit wiffle ball uh, field I think you've probably ever seen. Certainly, um, in someone's backyard, right. Uh, so Mark Gabriel running backwards, back, back, looking up very hard, like direction catches the ball, like right on the fence mm-hmm. out. Second inning is over. We survive. We're down by five. We have to score five runs. If we're going to advance, if, you know, if, if this story, this if thing. this story is going to continue, right, it's going to be through five runs and that's it. Well, Kay. buckle up because the story continues. Right. So we, we go up to bat and we're kind of joking to ourselves, like, all we got to do is score five, which, you know, we had not done in any inning against, right. yet against any of the teams. Right. So uh, we do get someone around. Someone scores uh, a single. Mm-hmm. Um, Bases are loaded. I'm up to bat. I crank one, and I'm thinking, this is a homer. I just hit a grand slam. 
the ball hits the top of the fence and falls back into the in, into play. But that's okay. It was a base hit. It was a base oh, so hit. So that's how we scored the one point. That's how we, that's how we, that's okay. how we scored. That's right. I thought for sure it was a, it was a grand slam. I was I saw it in my you know in my mental like my 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 frame of mind was like I just I just did it. I got it. There grand it was. slam. Cue the bubbles. The music. Release the doves. Right. Well, actually, you know, if you hit a home run, the scoreboard Chris has does the bubble machines do turn on. Right. It is pretty awesome. Yeah. So then. Mark Gabriel once again up to bat. He he really like saved her bait. You know, he yeah, like, he did. He came. Th- he was our hero. Right. Um, I'm on third base. He just smokes one over my head, and I'm watching it turn around. You know, is it going to be inside the foul pole? Mm-hmm. Goes right, just fair. I mean, it's right. just like the whole thing was. If you were going to script this out in a movie, you wouldn't have changed a single thing about every Field of Dreams is jealous, right? I mean, like. Just even that the ball like was barely fair, you know, over the foul line, and mm-hmm. we go into overtime. Anyway, long story short, uh, we end up holding them to no runs in the overtime, and we score. I made it. I made it. You to made it their home to win the game. And we won. It was awesome. It was. It was a glorious. And then we then we lost so bad in the next game, but that's okay because we're not going to talk about that. That didn't matter. Right? Nobody else had a come from behind glorious victory like we did. Like we did. So the thing about this, and the reason why we're also like talking about this, not because it's just awesome that 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 we won, but it was it provided an opportunity for our community to gather together on Labor Day over like I I think there was probably over two hundred people there at one time. I think you're right. And so there were families. It's so hard to count. Right. There could have been 300 for all I know. I mean, because also, you know, there were tons of kids. And mm-hmm. it's really hard to count the, the kids, kids that are just shifting and moving around all the time. And Right. So yeah. it, it, was a, it was a wonderful time for fam- Catholic families to get, to get together, to have fun, to be human, you know, to get outside of the walls, so to speak, yeah. of the Catholic Church and like be together and have from quality time different together. parishes different parishes you know. all over families were uh, children all over the place but at this point we see each other at the at the wiffle ball game and other times throughout the year but you know this, this is, is one of the really good start you know we did the pledge of allegiance we did uh let's see we did the, the pledge of allegiance and then father gave us all a blessing and then we, we did uh we prayed the angelus p- prayed the angelus we had tons of hot dogs. Color and, guard post the flags. Yeah, it was in her field. It was legit. It was legit. Totally legit. So, anyway, shout out to Chris Hanish for. Thank you, Mr. Hanish. Okay, uh, let's get to the gear. So, we haven't done a gear. We have a man gear today. What What does that mean? Uh, well, uh, the show. The one of the like founding ideas of our show is that we'd have a drink, a gear, and a topic. Um, we've kind of the topic has taken more and more time as the show has gone on. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we have, you know, most of the time now we don't have a gear so that we can discuss the topic at more length. Right. Today we have a gear. Okay. Um, it's just something that there's no spiritual significance behind this gear, which we like to do if we can. Uh, but this has not. Is it more practical? This is practical. This is just something that I have enjoyed as a man. And I think as a man, you will too. So this is called Cremo shaving cream. Cremo. It's the creme de la creme. Okay. Uh, I just really, really like it. It's not a shaving cream like other, like you might expect. You know, it's not in a pressurized can. It doesn't foam. It's not a gel. Uh, 
I'm not. It's it's uh, more of like a barber barbershop quality uh, cream, mm-hmm. and you just you know lather it in your hand. Follow the directions. Wet your face, but it is just really really nice. Um, you uh, if if you have trouble like oh nicking yourself, I think this will really really help you. A razor right? burn. Razor burn. Yeah, um, it's incredibly slick. In fact, it says on the bottle, impossibly slick. I don't think it's... Imp- I mean, I do think it's possibly slick. I don't think it's actually quite to the realm of impossibly slick. Otherwise, it wouldn't exist. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's it's problematic, logically. But um, it is very slick. That I will tell you. That I will tell you. So, I just really, really like it. Uh, it's not expensive. I think this was $7. Uh, it says it will last 90 days. It will last you, it will last me anyway, a lot longer than 90 days. Uh, even if I do shave every day, I think it would last a lot longer than that. So it's it's not expensive, but it's just really nice. You, if you want, go look at some of the other reviews online about it. They're all outrageously positive. They also have a, a distiller's edition. Yeah, they do have a distiller's edition if you want to buy into like the like lum, lumber sexual, like... Uh, <laughs> you know, like identity, which I'm not hating on. Okay. I kind of like it a little bit, but, um, yeah, it's like, if you want your shaving cream to have like notes, a a bourbon, right? Like notes of Oak and, uh, like it's been aged in a nice bourbon barrel. Hey, they got that for you, which I think would be nice. Honestly, who are you to judge? Who are you to judge, sir? Anyway, Cremo go, uh, great father's day gift, not expensive, you know, it's just uh, something. It's kind of nice to when you do shave to have uh, like a nice experience. I, I agree. Cremocompany.com is what the website is. Cream, and that's C-R-E-M-O. Cremo is not a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show. I would love for them to sponsor us if they would like to. Uh, so anyway, I just wanted to mention that because it's not like a product placement. Mm-hmm. I just like it and use it. Anyway. That is the man gear. I'd like to know Lance Murrah's position on Cremo. He, he, since he owns a barbershop. Yeah. yeah. So we'll have to check it out. He's going to uh, Ireland with us. Yes, he is. So we'll get, we can ask him then. So And we also have the camp out coming up. Dude, so the camp out. Crazy thing happened. We opened, we opened the uh, registration in four minutes. 41 people signed up. 41 people in four minutes. It's not very many minutes. No. That was pretty crazy. Uh, it, it basically it sold out within ba- under the hour, and so I opened it back up for a few more people because I, here's what I think happened, and this is what I would do. So I'm just putting myself in their situation, and which, we, which we discourage. Right? Yeah. We do discourage this. But I, I imagined what happened was they knew the men knew that the spots were going to get taken very quickly, mm-hmm. so they made sure to sign up. And then they had to go make sure, and it's okay with talk to the wives to make sure that they could go. I'm betting that there's going to be a handful of people. It just doesn't work out. Right. And we understand that that is going to happen. However, uh, please withdraw your name or, quick, yeah. like on the quickly side uh, because there are a lot of people who do, you know, would love to come, who would come if they had the opportunity. So. If you are one of those people who are signing up just because you want to come and you need to double check about it or find out what your boss says or something, um, please find out 
And if you can't come, let us know because we want all the people to be there who can. Yes. What are we talking about tonight? We're going to talk about evangelization. Ooh, one of my favorites. Yes. One of my least favorites and favorites. Okay. I don't know. I don't like doing it. Oh. But I like the idea of it. Okay. You know what I mean? We'll be right back. Whether you want to pray a daily holy hour or you want to hit up adoration once a week, we have a guide that is designed to help you show up and open yourself to Christ. It's downloadable and it's mobile friendly. Go to xs90.com slash tcms. That's tcms for the Catholic Man Show. xs90.com slash tcms for a downloadable mobile friendly guide on how to make a holy hour. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Our end is to our Father's house. Father's house has many rooms. Let's fill them up with saints. I agree. Look, about what I said about evangelization, I don't like doing it. It's like, it's hard, okay? And... I have found it's a lot easier just to... Is the Kregma hard? Just to create more children and baptize them. That's a lot easier. Jeff Cavins would say, the Kregma is very easy. Yeah. But, you know, we have a very polite society for the most part. You know, don't ruffle feathers. Let other people, be, let them be the way they want to be. Um, I, blame, I personally blame the British for that, okay? <laughs> I'm almost positive it's their fault. Liberalism is really what that, it is. That we, we inherited that from them, okay? The Canadians got it worse. They're more British, and they're more that way. Uh, but anyway, so like when you evangelize, and you know, eventually you have to encounter, like do something difficult in evangelization, whether it's an awkward moment, whether it's, uh, you know, invest a lot of time into somebody. Do you think it's the awkward moment, or do you, do you think that, it feels awkward to you, but it's not awkward. Uh, that's a good question. I, d- I don't know. Um, but there also are risks, you know, that if we do, if I like, if I go here and ask them for this or whatever, is it going to affect our relationship? You know, is, is this person not going to want to hang out anymore? Because like, hey, Adam keeps at talking to me about G- that whole faith thing. And I've told him, I told him no once already. Mm-hmm. He keeps bringing it up. I just don't want to be around him. I mean, it's all he, all he talks about or with me, right? So mm-hmm. there is... At least, like you said, there's a perception on the evangelist's part mm-hmm. that that might be the case. This is why also, I mean, if we want to tie this all together, this is why I love the wiffle ball tournament. Because it's a it's a human natural thing to get together, to have competition, to have fun together, yeah. to eat together, to pray together. I mean, you could, we're doing everything together, mm-hmm. but we're not, it's not just like Catholic, Catholic, Catholic. You know, we're just, it's part of who we are. Right. But it's not something that we're selling. That that Shia LaBeouf uh, video, you know, he, he, when he was talking about like you're not selling me a car, you're not selling something. It's like it's part of who you are. It's part right. of uh, what the mass is. That's right. Uh, I think that's a really good point. Kind of skipping to the end here, but but festivals. Are we skipping? No, but this is kind of an end. The like the end of part of a evangelization. Oh, not the show. Right, but, not the show. But when you go to a, a Catholic festival, when festivity is done well, things like the wiffle ball tournament, you know, where you're getting the community together, mm-hmm. surrounded by food, good activity, 
just family life being the way it should be, those moments are inherently evangelistic. Um, for instance, there were people there who weren't Catholic, right? Because there was one team who was a quick trip team, mm-hmm. um, and maybe some of the maybe like some of them are Catholic. I don't know that any of them were, but they were there. We're praying the Angelus. I'm sure it it couldn't have gone beyond their notice when all of a sudden everybody genuflected at the exact same time. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, does every is there some secret code that everybody here knows? And it's like, yeah, actually. Kind of there is. There I mean, is. if you call the Angelus a secret code, right? You know, but that has uh, it's powerful when you see everyone like all of a sudden everybody genuflected. Right. What's going on? Did something happen? Right. You know, what was it that happened? It kind of generates these questions. It plants seeds, right? Which is all you can really do in evangelization, right? Because the Holy Spirit converts. People. Right. You never convert anybody. Right. I mean, Adam, I do. I'm just saying you don't. I don't. I have to come in and do all the hard work. You do the cleanup. Right. And it's exhausting. But, right. you know, I'm your friend, and I get it. It's just part of the package. Right. Yeah. So anyway, um, I wanted to talk about this a little bit because one of my favorite evangel- evangelization moments is coming up Ooh, on Monday. Okay. okay. The 11th. Ooh, these are the holy, holy name of Mary. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. The, the, I'm sorry. The twelfth. The it's the twelfth. Yeah. But I think it is Monday. Hang on. Let me just check my calendar because I don't want to like feast of the holy tell everybody. Name of Mary, yeah, yeah. Monday. It is Monday, the twelfth, okay. September twelfth, the feast of the holy name of Mary. Okay. So we've done a whole episode about the winged hussars. You should go back and listen to that what, that we did with Father uh, Sean Donovan. Incredible, incredible story mm-hmm. about the Battle of Vienna. But what I like to do is I show up, I go to the office, and I get. Uh, first, I go and get a nice box of croissants and i mean you go to the fanciest bakery in town and you say listen mr baker i need 20 croissants in a box and in fact if you're going to do that you should call them the day before because the first time i tried to do this i realized you don't have 20 croissants just sitting around (laughs) expecting someone to come in and order a huge box of croissants (laughs) anyway so order them the day before say i'm going to come in and pick up 20 of your best croissants um you show up to the office with them they're just gorgeous, right? Because you went to the nice bakery. They're like the money beats. Right. Yeah, these are the money beats. And you just open up the box on your desk. You know, uh, it's going to be a little bit frightening for some people because, you know, COVID has left scars. <laughs> okay? But we used to do this all the time, if you remember, way back. Way back in the good old days of, like, regular going to the office life, right? There'd be food out on someone's desk or an open box. Obviously, this is international office code for please take a croissant. Everybody also knows you have to stop and talk to the person offering the croissants, okay? You don't get to just swipe one and keep going, right? You got to pay the toll, which is like, oh, who's, is it a birthday? Like, what's going on with the free food? You know, like, thank you, blah, 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 blah. You can also pull a Michael Scott uh, if there's somebody who comes in that you don't want to talk to. And as soon as they walk in, you say, oh, can you please close the door on the way out? Thank you. Just to like, you know, if you need if you needed that. Right. If you don't want to talk to somebody. Right. I mean, that's a way you could do that. But that's not the point of this exercise, Adam. <laughs> okay. So well, here's that was, what... That was like one of the funniest parts that you ever said to Toby. Oh, Toby, if you close the door on your way out as he just opens the door to <laughs> take him into the office. It is a good move, that right? Is. Especially to Toby yeah. because he deserved it. Right. Because he worked in compliance. I'm sorry, compliance officers. You're the worst. That's just the way it is. Michael Scott was right about it. I, it's not you. It's your job. But 
You're the one doing it, okay? Uh, what's that like? Said, like, tell me, prove I'm wrong or something. Like, yeah, yeah compliance officers are the worst. Change, change, change my mind. Change That's my mind. That, yeah. Thank you. Anyway, I still love you, compliance officers, and I'm willing to convert you to a different profession <laughs> because I care about your soul. Um, but so what I like to do is I go get these croissants, I set them out, and people come and they like, oh, are these? Yeah, and I say, yeah, take one. And as they pick it up, and I say, did you know today is the birthday of the croissant? And they'd be like, no way. You know, because nobody knows that croissants have a birthday. I mean, no way as they take a delicious bite. And they're, and they're thinking like, oh, this is a good croissant. Good decision. And I'll say, yeah, today's the birthday. Would you would you like to hear the story? It is uh, so far 100% yes. Okay. The people are going to say, yeah, let me hear it. And you say, the croissants, the Battle of Vienna, the holy name of Mary, and September 11th. And people are like, What? all in the same story. And so I just launch into this, you know, brief synopsis of, you know, uh, the Vienna is under siege by the the Muslim army. They're just about to be annihilated. Um, The walls of Vienna are crumbling. They send for help. And basically nobody, like there's an alliance in in all of Europe. Basically everybody says, no, we're keeping our armies here because if we send them down to get wiped out, who's going to defend France? Okay. It's all except for Poland, King Jan Zobieski of Poland says, I will ride. Um, in fact, the Lord of the Rings, the Rohan, is basically modeled after the winged hussars Sobieski. and King Sobieski, right? He says, I will honor the, the alliance, the allegiance that we, that we had once made. And he sends his best, his cavalry unit, the winged hussars, 100-year undefeated streak in battle. They ride to Vienna. And they're on that t- is a good streak. That's a good streak. I like. I. I, I mean, we're back to back world champs. I defy world, you world to find a better champs. streak than that. Yeah. I mean, we brag about the back to back world war champs. Mm-hmm. Hundred year streak is. Yeah, we shouldn't really brag about it, but it is a fact. You know, we right. did win twice. But, right. Um, so they depart from Our Lady of Chestachova, uh, Marian Shrine in Poland. They ride to Vienna on top of the mount. They kind of are on a mountain like a a steep hill and they invoke the holy name of Mary Mm -hmm. and charge into a battle vastly outnumbered. Mm -hmm. And they have these long spears and they wore these outfits with wings that would make a when they would ride to like comp, like the horses wouldn't get scared because gunfire had just been invented. Mm -hmm. Okay. So they would just ride in and wipe them out. I mean, like the Muslim army turns and, and just flees and they left behind all their spoils of war. So afterwards, this is the with if this battle had not gone this way, if 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 the Christians and if the West had lost, you would not be speaking the language you are right now, most likely. There would be no Christian faith in all likelihood. God can do anything, right? Um, but this would have been the end of Western culture because Vienna was kind of the thing standing between this army and the rest of Europe. Mm. So this was a pivotal pivotal battle. Once again, uh, it's this it's the sequel to the Battle of Lepanto, which was once again won by uh, the invocation and intercession of Our Lady, just like this one. So after the words, the Christians are going through the spoils of war. They find all this coffee, which at the time was exclusively a Muslim drink, and so some of the bakers also decided to bake rolls in like kind of the symbol of the Muslim flag, the crescent moon. And so the croissant 
was born, and they sat around eating the Muslim flag, drinking coffee on September the 12th uh, as a symbol and like very real, like uh, outward symbol of their victory in battle, right? That they had conquered this army. And so for years, in fact, it's still a tradition in Poland, but it was a Christian tradition worldwide for a long time on the holy name of Mary to drink coffee and, and eat croissants. So this is what I do. And so it, you, you tell the story very quickly. I've kind of strung it on, but then you say, uh, this is what 9-11, when, so when they ta- attacked Twin Towers in 9-11, it was the, basically the Muslims saying, for us, that battle that took place is not over on September 12th. It's still September 11th in their mind, right? That was the last day the Muslims possessed the West. And so they were saying, no, we still, the fight is still on. We'll finish it on the other side of the break. We'll be right back. Since the earliest centuries, Catholics have been called to sanctify the home by making it a little church. Family meals, shared gathering spaces, and the most mundane tasks All of these are to be taken up into the higher dimension and bathed in prayer. But in the modern world, it is easy to lose sight of this fact and shape our homes around the latest consumer trends. In Living Beyond Sunday, the Niles and Minahan families take the mystery and guesswork out of the domestic church, showing you how to sanctify your home simply, wisely, and practically. Every Catholic family should own a copy of this book. That endorsement is from Sam Guzman, the Catholic gentleman. Go check out our new book that we have out by Ascension Press, ascensionpress.com, Living Beyond Sunday, Making Your Home a Holy Place. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. Here with Adam Minahan. So yes... After this battle, drinking coffee, eating croissants, September 11th happened. We all remember that. Once again, the Muslims were saying, this battle of Vienna, it's not over, okay? You guys thought you won. So the good Polish pope that St. John Paul II was at the time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, pope, you know, during when 9-11 happened, he immediately the next day reinstituted the feast of the holy name of Mary onto the universal calendar because it had kind of fallen off just from lack of uh, devotion and popularity. So, um, you know, he said, oh, I see what you did. He, he immediately realized, I see why you picked that day. In Poland, it's a still, it still was a, a much more celebrated feast, right? Because right. it's such a part of their culture, right? And right. their history. Right. It's a part of all of our histories as Christians. Right. You're very right. Yeah. But for the, especially for the Polish, because they're, I mean, it was their, their men, their boys, you know, who rode in and saved the world, right? right. Yeah. And so, uh, just go back to Lord of the Rings, the scene at Battle of Helm's Deep, right? When all of Rohan, this is all of the race of men, the last of them, there's this orc army that was created to destroy the race of men, to destroy the West, to destroy, you know, everything that is you Good. Know, in Christian, okay? The orcs here are sent now to destroy them. And they're on the verge, right? Helm's Deep has been broken. Uh, they're in in the fortress, and that's when the Rohirrim, the uh, the cavalry unit of the of Rohan, shows up on that steep mountain and rides straight down into the battle. And they just the battle wipe them out. The battle's over, right? So they come once again and save the race of men in that movie. It's it's specifically hearkening back to the Battle of Vienna and the the Winged Hussars riding in and defeating the Turkish army. 
but um, that you don't have to go into too much. If you're going to do this at the office, <laughs> try to get the story down. I mean, you have to finish the story before that guy can finish his croissant. So you got like two minutes. Right. You have about two minutes. So you just bare basics. Um, one of the things I think I've kind of developed a reputation for is being able to explain the Catholic the Catholic origins of every single holiday. Oh, nice. You know, In like, the office? Yeah. So, oh, uh, did you know um, uh, April Fool's Day is a Catholic holiday? You know, and like explaining the Catholic origins behind, you know, changing the Gregorian calendar from the, from the uh, Jul- I think it was the Julian calendar, mm-hmm. right? So, anyway... The, basically, every holiday does have Catholic origins in some way or another. There are exceptions, but it's a great... Uh, it's my favorite day of office evangelization, mm-hmm. showing up with the croissants. And Adam, even though you work in the chancery, you can do it too. Yes. You know, because those people, even though they're great Catholics there, they still want... You know what? I'll bet, A, they would love a croissant. I'm going to do it. I'm definitely going to do it. Right. So we and don't forget, any, any if you can't, even right if now. you can't show up to the office with it, uh, don't forget to eat your own croissant and drink coffee in honor of this great victory that was brought to us and and uh, through the intercession of Our Lady, the Holy Name of Mary, and make sure to go to Mass. Okay, that's the most important thing. And um, this is why well, it's not because of this battle, but remember in the liturgy we bow at the Holy Name of Jesus. The at the divine name of Jesus, and we also bow our heads at the holy name of Mary. Um, also, the saint of the day, whoever that is, it's also appropriate to bow on their feast day if you're mm-hmm. in Mass, but mm-hmm. um, just, that's a great way to honor Our Lady and her in, and thank her for her intercession for us, to her divine son, Jesus. So, do you have a favorite, like, evangelization moment? I'm kind of. I know I'm just springing this on you, but yeah. Um, I don't know. I can't think of one off the top of my head. Aside, I think yours would probably be the festivity, which we kind of talked about already. Well, a lot that's, of times that's I, like kind of your jam. Yeah, a lot of times I I back I backdoor this by talking about like how stupid some holidays are, mm-hmm. because you know Joseph Bieber talks about how when we don't do uh, festivity well, society will create new festivals. To, to do right and, yeah and festive festivals can only be a festival if it's actually uh honoring and worshiping the divine mm-hmm. right there has to be a divine uh, uh foundation to the right. uh, the festivities and so if we have like a, a ridiculous holiday like i don't know it seems like every every week is a new it's National Donut Day. Yeah, National Dog Day, National Cat Day, National Bird Day. You know, and all these like I do ridiculous like National Buy a Priest a Beer Day. Uh, it's a great day. I think I'm not even a priest, but, but that is a that would be a, a real festival. Yeah, because has divine origin. You're right. So um, sometimes I do that honoring a sacrament. I would I'd be like, this is a ridiculous holiday, and people would be like, why? And then I can kind of go into that. Yeah, but that's a kind of a negative aspect of evangelization. I mean, it's like a negative project. <laughs> um, I, I hate my way to evangelization. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, so what I do here, here's actually what I do. Uh, I try my best to focus on uh, office atmosphere. So I try my best to every day say hello to everybody down the hallway. Uh-huh. I try my best 
every day to ask people at the water, you know, at the water cooler or the the coffee pot, hey, how's your day going? How was your weekend? Uh, take interest in what they're doing, uh, smiling, like trying my best to be a positive influence in the office. Right. Uh, and then that way, hopefully, what it brings people up, it brings the office environment and atmosphere up, and then eventually, if especially if you're not working in a Catholic environment, because I've done this as well, when not working in the Catholic environment, people ask me, like, why are you so happy? Mm-hmm. And then, boom, happiness is a great intro into evangelization. Yeah. I think, in fact, I think it may be the most effective because everybody wants to be happy. I agree. Yeah, no, and if you're not a happy person, then nobody's going to care about what you're what doing. you got going on, right? Another thing to really think about, and I think this is something that people get wrong sometimes uh, because, you know, we want to focus on humility, and we do. But in order to be more effective at evangelization, you need to increase and maintain your prestige among your colleagues. Okay? So you should be and strive to be a prestigious, to be someone who others esteem, okay? To, like, be, win and be honorable, okay? Not for your own sake, but for the sake of virtue and for the sake of your prestige. Because the more and more, like, in, in the mind of others the more prestigious you are, okay? So if you come out and say something, it needs to hold weight. And so the more prestige you have, the more Can weight... Can you use a different word? Um, like esteem. I just want to make sure I understand what you're saying. Esteem would be another... Like how... how In what high esteem do other people hold you? Okay. Okay, so... Um, what? How much respect do other people have for you? Okay. In both professional settings, personal reasons, for everything... Um, so that's what you, I would call your prestige. Um, and, but prestige is just a sweet word also. I was so just curious. It's worth really saying. I meant. did say it a lot, but well, I was, I just didn't know what you meant. Yeah. So that's, that's something that we should really, really think about. Um, and it's not, um, you know, a, a slight against, uh, against, uh, humility to seek to have yourself be honored for doing honorable things. It's not about honoring yourself, but it's about being honorable, okay, sort of like being magnanimous, right? That's a virtue of doing things worthy of honor, okay? So you're not doing it for the sake of being honored. I'm doing it because these things are honorable things to do. But um, the fact that other people honor you, it's not bad, as long as you as long as long you use that honor that they're giving you in the right way, if that makes sense. Um, but if nobody respects you, you know, if, if people don't think that your opinions are worth much, if they don't think that you're someone who makes good choices or, um, you know, just as someone that they want to be like, then your effectiveness as an evangelist is going to be very low. But, you know, there are just certain people, I think, in everybody's life that you really look up to. Um, they have their everything to get, they have their life together. Um, they make prudent, wise choices and decisions. Um, they tend to be successful at the things they do, right? Those people, if they come up and they tell you something, let's say it's not about religion. Let's just say it's about, oh, you should really do this. This is, you know, you should make this choice in your life or, you know, you should really make sure to focus on this in your personal life or in your professional life or whatever. You know, if, if it's a person that you really respect, you're going to really think about that and chances are you're going to adopt their advice. Well, okay, so what you really mean... I think is, you know, make your yes mean yes and your no mean no. Mm-hmm. It's part of it. Um, 
I, I, some of the some of the phrasing there, I was a little concerned about. Because, right, I know, um, I know, I get um, it. Because there's some people who can be taken the wrong way, can be right. taken the wrong way, and there's also some people whose their uh, d- demeanor, you know, who they are, the characteristics that they have, don't yield them to those spotlight moments or things like that, right? Mm-hmm. So, really, I think it's more of if you're going to say something, you, you know, make it meaningful, right? Uh, and, and you know. Don't be backbiting. That's another thing I think that you, you want to build a mm-hmm. reputation. It's very easy to pile on somebody while they're down in a, in a business atmosphere. Oh, Joe, you know, messed up again and lost the company a bunch of money and I can't believe he made that decision, blah, blah, blah. It's like, or you could say like, no, 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 this is a team effort. Um, you know, we're, we le- we're going to learn from it. And we're going to move on you know, or, or kill the conversation in some, some way, shape or form. I've learned, in, especially from your father-in-law, actually, that he does a really good job of if, if the conversation is going in a bad direction, mm-hmm. where it seems like that people are kind of dogging on somebody or belittling somebody or something like that. He does a really good job of killing that conversation. Maybe even saying, hey, guys, I really don't think we need to be talking about that guy that way. Right. And then moves on. Right. But in a and way that doesn't, he doesn't humiliate you for talking about about somebody but he'll just say hey we don't need to do it it helps people remember like hey what am i doing is this a good thing or a bad thing but we need to recall that we're all called to evangelize okay um you know that's part of the great commission as baptized christians it's what we got to do so um don't fail in in your in your duty so if you're listening to this right now on Catholic Radio, go check us out on the CatholicManshow.com. We have over 300 episodes you can tune into along with this one because we're going to continue this conversation uh, outside of Catholic Radio. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. So do you get what I'm saying with the prestige thing? Yes. I, I, think- do, I do think that it, those, those words... Um, that idea can be taken the wrong way, right? right? Because if you are piling on honors just to honor yourself, right? Because, because that is not that is not what we're talking about, right? But there's also you know uh, Andre Bassetti who was just the the doorman, mm-hmm. and like there's honor in that simple task. Absolutely. So right. Yes. So the prestige is not necessarily does not equal successful as far as like business success no i think it does equal success but uh but he was being successful as a doorman right right so he wants to be the best doorman he can right and not belittle his own tasks um seek to do them nobly and to do the the highest goods that he can okay because you know there's a lot of a lot of goods that we have the the choice to but i think there's also just on the opposite side of that coin there's also some people who who might say i'm not going to take Risk. Uh, well, I'm not like, oh, I was asked to be partner of the firm. Uh, you know, like, oh, a saint wouldn't have done that. A saint would have like said, no, let me just give me some menial task. Mm-hmm. You know, something that's not, you know, I just make me the little flower, whatever, whatever. Um, and I think that's the wrong choice. I think that uh, it maybe. Could be. It, it could, could be, be, right. I mean, obviously you need to, that's going to be a situational thing to discern, obviously, but... Um, Using that opportunity, think about how influential you can be um, in things like evangelizing, you know, in promoting all kinds of virtue within the office. You see what I mean? So um, the most influential people have that prestige, whether they get it from like success at, at work, which is certainly a way to get it, right? Especially among secular colleagues. 
the people you need to be evangelizing, mm-hmm. having that secular success is going to really uh, um, elevate you in the, in their own rep- like your reputation to them, um, which is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, I think our soul is is um, desires greatness, right? The magnanimity aspect. We we desire. Uh, greatness. We desire the good. Mm-hmm. We desire the, the the true and the beautiful. When because we were made for it. Because we we're made for it. So there's times where we can let things, because of our depravity of of, of grace or, or or just our soul in general, a state of uh, of our soul, we can yearn for the wrong thing, even though we think it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we're making decisions like this. Like, like if you're talking about prestige and like success and things like that, I think you you need to make sure you understand like what is the end goal. Mm-hmm. If I if I if I'm doing this so that way my name can be on a billboard or that you know I can get this award or that I can uh, you know say to my friends that I got a Ferrari at 35 years old or whatever, that's probably not the right choice. Yeah. Uh, however, if you're thinking uh, if I do this, this could this could pro- provide financial stability to my family i can donate more money to um charities i can also give like maybe have more time to spend with my children Mm -hmm. or i am not going to have to travel as much or you know there's uh, other variables that come into play i think that you have to always be geared towards that even though our soul is desiring and craving uh greatness that we're not letting our sinful nature um, cloud us, right? Cloud us. Which is a constant temptation, something that we will have to deal with, every, especially if you're, you know, every moment in life. So right. I'm going to throw another one out there because you were saying good things like, oh, if I, you know, do this, I'll have more time for my kids. I'll be able to donate more money to charity. All great things. I think though that's those things are secondary. Those are, um, like, yeah, those are consequences of doing it. But really, the reason you should do it well is because it's the job you've been given. Okay, so like, if you're an attorney, you should strive to be the best attorney you can. Not so that you can make the most money. Probably you will. But you should do it because this is the task. This is your vocation. Okay? And so, like, this is your calling in life to be an attorney. Yes. And so you should be the absolute, you should win every single court case, you know, uh, that you go into. And if it's a court case you shouldn't be winning, you shouldn't be taking it, obviously, right? But you should be the best attorney all the time. Simply because God has called you to that job, and he didn't call you to be a mediocre one, okay? Just like whatever it is, as Catholics, we should be the best at what we do because we should we should have virtue, right? We're called to be that way. And so, like, um, the work we have, that's part of our path to holiness. You know, like, this is uh, St. Jose Maria. Mm-hmm. Like, this was part of his big... I've heard of him. ...contribution... Um, that you know, it wasn't a new idea with him, but he really promoted it well. You know, that whatever your job is, like that's your path to holiness. Whether you're a teacher, whether you're a doctor or a lawyer, I mean, like some yeah. So you till the garden that you're given, right? Exactly. So and it's about doing the work. It's you know, like okay, yeah, maybe you will be able to give more money to charity. That's not why God put you in this vocation. You know. Um, that might be a consequence of your vocation, a result, and praise God for that. But really, it's about the work, and that's our path to holiness, right? Um, in fact, you and I prayed that prayer to St. Joseph today 
Uh, and one of the things it says, guard us against vain complacency in success. So mm-hmm. baneful in the eyes of God, or to the so baneful in the eyes of God, I think, right? Mm-hmm. That he would disdain in us, if we're successful, that we would just be complacent in success. Uh, you know what God's saying? We have to keep winning. No, we have to keep winning. Okay, that's what he wants us to do um, with our with our vocation, right? He, uh, it's not enough to say like, "Oh, I'm in a, I'm pretty comfortable," you know. But when he, when I've he, built a practice, and I'm right, you know, I'm doing fine. Like I can kind of coast. No, actually, in God's eyes, that's sinful. Right? As it say to you, like, yeah. So, um, yeah. So God, but but to win is really doing it in love. Correct. Right, so to win is not being successful, but doing it in love. Mm-hmm. And there's a natural aspect to that, and there's a supernatural aspect to that, which is why there's a natural virtue to this uh, application, and there's also a supernatural, which if we're striving for the virtuous life and we're striving to, to, to holiness, we would be the desire would be that we would be successful for the love of God. Correct. And of course, everything needs to maintain order. So things need to be well-ordered. I'm afraid people might misinterpret what I'm saying as like, okay, in your work life, success, more success, more success is more work. No, I'm not saying you need to work more and more and more. What I'm saying is that you need to work hard and hard and hard, right? So you need to do your best all the time. It's not like, oh, hey, I'm getting more and more wins. I need to put in more hours at the office because I'm just, I am cranking home run after home run, you know, and so you end up, with a disordered life. That's not what I'm saying, right? You end up being a workaholic. Right. You, that's not it. Okay, that's the opposite. But what, what you do needs to be done the absolute best you can. Right. So, and that actually is, ironically, a path to evangelization. Because if you are, if you are perceived as a man with integrity who does things right and well um, in your in your ordinary day-to-day life, then those same impressions are going to transfer over into your religious life, right? Um, He makes good choices. Well, he's also Catholic, you know, and he seems to be a smart, intelligent person who does the right thing. I wonder if that has anything to do with it, you know what I mean? So, Yeah, I mean, I I do, if I talk to a guy who says that he gets up in the morning and he prays and then he works out and then he has this structured, ordered day... I do take him a little bit more seriously mm-hmm. than the guy who says that he slept until 9 a.m. Right. And, and ran into work quickly. Right. With his shirt untucked. Right. Yeah. I do. I, yeah, it's only natural. So anyway. Do you think that that plays also, like decorum plays a role into this? Yeah, absolutely. Always. Yeah, the way you present yourself. In evangelization. Yeah. I mean, it has, right. Because once again, it comes back to that idea of prestige. How do people do people view you as someone who has their act together or just somebody who's can't cannot if, cannot even keep his shirt tucked in, right? What if, what if the people who are like a guy listening right now is like, I don't feel like I have my act together? Well, I think I mean because there's a, I yeah, mean, that's, I, a, that's a great question. Because I, would, I feel like that sometimes. I feel like that, you know what? I don't feel like I have my act together here. Well, I think that's a really good thing to think. I mean, if if that's how you feel about yourself, ponder that. I would say, well, why is that? Why do you feel that way? Mm-hmm. What is it that you feel like is slipping, slipping through the cracks? Why is it slipping through the cracks? Um, because a lot of times, people might have a big workload, 
okay, and they don't feel like they can get all their work done. But in truth, in, in reality, they're working, you know, diligently, they're showing up, and, you know, it's not that they're not working hard enough or whatever, they just have a lot of work, right? Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't end. But at some point, at some point, you have to quit and go home, and you might feel like, I cannot keep, you know, like, I, I just can't get all, I can't get my act together, right? Well, Maybe that's has nothing to do with you. Maybe it has just to do with your job. Your job comes with stress. You need, you know, like okay, pray for more grace. Pray for whatever. Um, think about why it is that's Lord, causing you to how. feel that way. Lord, show me how. Right. Um, so I think the why behind the what is really really important in why someone would, or the you know the cause why someone would feel that way. But yeah, I think there are probably a lot of people out there who might feel that way, but. Um, I think a lot of people who are very successful, the kind of people we're talking about that, you know, we want to strive to be, because we do, everybody, every one of us should strive to be a successful person. So if you don't think success is something that you should pursue, then you're missing it, okay? A monk should should strive to be a very successful monk, okay? That means something different than for someone who's a financial advisor or someone who's a communications director, or someone who's a postman, right? Um, but we should be striving for absolute success in everything. And not because we want to honor ourselves, but because it's our vocation, that this is something that God has put in front of us. And that also, it just gives us the opportunity. Our, way, our words all of a sudden carry more weight. We need to weigh them as we use them, right? So... It's. A, I just think that's a mental attitude. Is a mental 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 attitude. It's a, a way of thinking that isn't always talked about among the like in the spiritual life. Saint Jose Maria, he does a good job of talking about. Yeah, because there's some things that you've even said tonight that I've kind of been like, ugh, like I don't like. Right. At first it, they it rub makes, you the wrong it way. It's like that sounds wrong. It, yeah, it does not make me feel good. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Like there were several things that I'm like, I don't feel like that. That's. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what you mean by that. Yeah, I get what you mean, because there is a way of misunderstanding a lot of those concepts, um, and I probably could phrase them in ways that were clearer, no doubt. Well, no, I mean, I, it's just not something that's talked about, right? right? Um, ultimately, though, the, the I, I think it has to do with uh, just modern times of what the understanding of what successful means. right. Yes, exactly, because we tend to weigh that strictly from a secular lens. Yes. So there are several times you said, like, we must be successful. I'm sitting there like, Ugh, like. But it, even in a secular lens, we need to be successful. It doesn't mean we need to be rich, okay? Dude, I, like, Joel Osteen disagrees. Well, I know you he know does. What? I shouldn't have said that. That was. Well, he might actually disagree. I, I don't know. I'll just edit that out. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Uh, I mean, some people, God will call to be rich, okay? Uh, and I mean, St. Catherine Drexel was a very uh, millionaire woman, uh, inherited a ton of money, and started Catholic schools all over the place. Yeah, including here in Tulsa. Right. I mean, uh, I don't know. I don't know the guy's name. The guy who started Domino's Pizza in Michigan. You know, mm-hmm. he became uh, very, very wealthy. He started Lagadas. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has gone on to um, donate and fund all kinds of Catholic organizations all, all over the country. Mm-hmm. Um, very influential person. He, he's a guy, I don't know him personally, but I know about him. I know kind of his story. He's a guy who's using his prestige the right way 
um, to what it, you know, what it seems like. Once again, I'm sure he's still a sinner, right? Don't get me wrong, but um, fact check, fact check, true. Okay, yeah. I mean, we're pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, Snopes agrees. Right. Well, that doesn't mean anything. But anyway, um, you know, so also some the- some people will be called to that, and uh, it's a treacherous. All vocation has got its own. You pros know, and cons. Yeah, pros and cons. Uh, cross to bear. And that's. Uh, I personally don't want to be that rich because I don't know. It, I, it would get to me. I just know it would. I think. I would love it. So I think, okay, so let's go back. So I think to uh, evangelizing the people around you. Uh-huh. I think, again, it goes back to I think the best way to evangelize somebody is through happiness. Mm hmm. Because everybody wants to yeah, be happy joy. In this, in joy in joy in this life, mm-hmm. right? And so now, what they think that they want in joy is something different than what you truly get in joy, right? So they think that joy That's means a good point. means that they will not have any crosses to bear, that their life will be easy. But we're not called to easy, and in fact, you're not happy when you're easy when everything is easy. No. It's very fleeting. What joyful people are is regardless of the cross that they're bearing, they're looking outward. They're looking towards other people. Mm-hmm. They're help, you know, they're, um, they're, they care about others. And so... And um, I think they've learned to love their crosses. Right. I mean, when, when Christ, you know, Christ knew that whenever he was carrying his cross to, to Calvary, to, to die on the cross, he knew this cross was uh, the instrument of salvation for all humankind. Mm-hmm. And so I just have this image that he will would almost embrace this cross to the point of like embracing a lover, like when your your, your cheek goes up against somebody else's cheek, almost like his right. cheek going up against this cross, like an intimate moment. Bro, Knowing, I like that scene in the Passion of the Cross. That's exactly what. That's probably where I got that what, from. What yeah. Christ does, and one of the two thieves with him starts mocking him, like "You fool, embracing your cross," you know. Yeah. Um, so I just think, though, but, but I think I I totally agree. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful yeah. So scene. I think I I think that once you have this this Christian joy, which mean which does not mean what secular joy means. Mm-hmm. Once you have this Christian joy, it is contagious, and it is an outward sign of your inward reality, which requires your to have an ordered life, a structured life, a prayer life, and people realize that is something different than everybody else around here. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're in the office being joyful, um, raising the the uh, the atmosphere, and not bringing it down, not being a Debbie Downer, but but raising it, uh, and knowing that when you walk in the room, other people are going to say like, "Oh, good, he's in the room. It's going to be a, like things are going to get better." Not like, "Oh, great, here he comes yeah, again, Mister uh, Cynical." Right. Um, that is contagious, and that all also opens the door for real conversation. Yeah. You also have to be ready when someone asks you. Because if, 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 you know, this is something you're doing, if you're already good at, you know, being a happy, inviting, joyful person, then you need to know why. And you need to be ready when someone says, you know, hey, you just always seem to be in a good mood. What, what's up with that? Uh, if you, this well, is your moment. What's up with that? No, what's up with that? Uh, this is your moment. Okay. You, the, the, the door is open a little tiny bit. So, um, if you have never practiced your why, you should practice it by yourself in the mirror, 
someone just imagine because it can't go it can't come off weird right and if you stumble oh well um you know it's like well it just, all of a sudden now it seems less authentic but you know if you can just say well you know um i appreciate you saying that you know i just have so much to be thankful for um my life has has really changed in the last couple of years um ever since i developed a, a relationship with christ i i know it might sound uh cliche to you but the truth is man it really did change my life and uh i could not be happier since i made that decision to give my life to him so you got to be ready in that moment to to say what it is that's true don't make it up right but um if you haven't thought about what those words are for you think about them and practice them a few times mm-hmm. so that when that moment comes cuz I am the kind of guy, if I haven't thought about how to react in a strange situation, you know, every Mm -hmm. time, or sometimes something will happen and to me, and I'll panic and I'll freeze. It's like, uh, what do I do? Right. And it's like one of those things where if you're going to do something, you got about two seconds and then the person walks away or, you know, it's over and you think, dang it, I'm I'm such an idiot. Right. Why didn't I do the, you know, like I should have done this, obviously. But it's like, all right, well, next time, if that ever happens to me again, and mm-hmm. if it does happen to me again, I remember, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm doing this, right? But having it ready, mm-hmm. that's important. I mean, that's what St. Peter says, always be ready mm-hmm. to give the reason for your hope. Mm-hmm. Evangelization, you know, you know, let me just say this last thing about evangelization. We've kind of been saying this. Just don't be weird, all right? I remember one time in the office, I told a, a buddy of mine that's like, yeah, we were just kind of getting to know each other a little bit. Um, he was new, and we clearly hitting it off, you know, just had a lot of things in common, easy to talk to. And I told him I was Catholic. Well, he, no, he said, so you're Catholic. And I said, yeah, I'm like super Catholic, man. And he goes, that's, you're not even weird. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? That might be the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. Right. I'm like, I appreciate that. Yeah. Actually, I think I am kind of weird, but... Like actually, all my friends think that as that's, well. It's not because I'm Catholic. It's just because I'm kind of a little bit weird. But <laughs> you'll figure it out. You'll, don't worry. <laughs> you might not know yet. Soon. Spend more time with me. Soon. You, you get. You I'm get hiding done. it. Yeah. I'm actually hiding it. You know. <laughs> but like, don't be the dude who's wearing like twenty, like saint medals. Okay. I love the saints, and I think wearing medals is great. You don't need twenty. Okay, that's too many. What about 19? I, I think that like five. Pick, you can't pick five. You know what I mean? I don't know. Just It's just weird. You have 20 minutes. You're like clinking all over the office. People are wondering why you make that sound when you walk. And then it comes out that like, oh my gosh. Uh, you just, you have, what is that? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I did. I do. All right, man. Let's let's just anything else. Anything else you want to yeah, say? Yeah, I want to tell you something, but it's gonna be off air. Okay. 